Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Pucks. Slightly earlier than norm, our normal time slot. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Jim from Last Word on Hockey. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to join you here to talk some hockey. Uh, you know, here early on a Sunday. I know we have some things going on tomorrow, so we just wanted to book it. A little earlier get it in and able to talk about what's going on in the world of the nhl and maybe some olympic hockey as well yep um definitely and before we get started how did your um show last word on hockey go uh this is the fun show as normal yeah a fun show uh saturday night edition of it uh it was so nice out uh, over here that it was tough to do it in the afternoon Plus, a lot of us had plans, so we figured at night it would be good. We went around the table talking about so much stuff, so much fun to talk about uh, hockey with the fellas. They were really into it. Just another great show. Check it out. Uh, Man Radio Network. Also, wherever you get your podcast, the audio version is up. So I would check that out. It's The Last Word on Hockey, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor. So just check it out. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, please do check it out. Um, you won't regret, and there is a link in the group if you want to just click on the link and head over to Jim's um page, Mad Radio Network. Um, so as we get started, this show could turn into a little bit let's talk with Canadians because uh, there's a lot of news centering around the Canadians, of course, loss nine in a row at um, this point and um, they've appointed an interim coach in Martin St. Louis. What's your thoughts on um, this appointment and also the losing streak, not the season what they um, hope they had, I'm sure, and we've talked about fairly regularly on this show. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, look, uh, Montreal needed to make some changes. I mean, they brought in Gordon, Jeff Gordon. They brought in Kent Hughes. Uh, they were trying to do things the right way. But, you know, Dominic Ducharme, I think, just lost this room. I know players were saying, like, his coaching style just wasn't getting through to them anymore. I remember, he came in on an interim basis to replace Claude Julian. Last year, they get, they get on a nice run. They get to a cup final. Things went their way. Carey Price gets hot. But they don't have... You know, again, Mark Bergevin signed some guys to some contracts they probably shouldn't have signed to. Um, you know, things were going in his favor. But I think the biggest mistake Bergevin made was giving this guy a contract extension. I, I don't think he was the right coach uh, even after them going all the way to Stanley Cup final to keep him because it, it just didn't make sense. He was an interim coach. I'm not, I'm not sure, too sure that he deserved an extension. And, yeah, things didn't go his way. But, I mean, this is a historically bad season, and it, the team appeared to quit on him, and they had to make a move. I mean, granted, you know, the storyline still is, you know, the Canadians are still having a, an historically bad season, going probably worse than what Colorado went through when Jack Bednar's first year. But they had to make a coaching change. They had to do something. Uh, to bring in a guy like Martin St. Louis, uh, you know, has respect. He's played the game. You know, people have doubted him. All, all his career since, you know, undrafted and everything, you know, he'll be behind the bench. And the teams, you know, seem to play a little bit better under him. Yeah, they still lost, you know, two in a row. But, you know, they seem to have a little bit more pep in their step, you know, especially Cole Caulfield goals now back-to-back -back games. So I think 
him being there with the younger players is definitely going to help this team. You know, it's his idea to work on an interim basis. And I think it, it, it's just a, uh, it's just, you know, I think they just needed to just get away from what they did. It's time to look for a new direction, get different voices in there, different ideas, different people, because running the same way for as long as they have just didn't work for them going long term. I think now you have Jeff Gordon in there. You see what he's done with the Rangers. That's his he put his finger on how his team is performing this year, even though he's not there anymore. And now, you know, Ken Hughes, they're gonna be sellers at the deadline. There's gonna be a lot of ebbs and flows and trades trading and pieces that are going to be moved. But to have a guy like that, a Hall of Famer, yeah, he coached kids, but you know what, those those kids are still reaching out to him to see how he can, he can improve their game. I like the fact that I like this move. It's different. It's unique. We all in the NHL world say we need something different. We don't want the recycling of new guys. I, I like the move personally. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be interesting. And in regard to uh... – um, change it's the danger sort of an of an interim coach because if he does well, you almost find yourself inclined or pressured to give him a job, and that's not necessarily the right um decision going forward. So, um, like you said, the message may have just started to get tuned out. I'm interested in um the moves they might make going forward and. They come up during the um, trade rumours and rumours around the league. So we'll definitely be coming back to the Canadians. Um, so the Pittsburgh Penguins are side we've talked about more and more as the season has gone on. Do you feel them as serious contenders going forward? Or is it a case that, they're doing well, but they may have to make one or two moves to move up that step to contenders that would trade deadline. I think, you know, I like this team the way it's constructed. I really do. But I think, you know, after their, you know, playoff, uh, no, I want to say flops, but their playoff defeats the Islanders. And then they had the Buffalo playoff with the, the Canadians where they technically didn't make the playoffs, but they did because of the whole extra wild card round. Um, I think they have to play a little bit better, to be honest. Uh, I think if they had a piece on defense, a backup goaltender um, that could push Jari. And, and, you know, I know he's playing better, and so is Casey Dismissed. But I really think that if they had a veteran backup goaltender in there, this team would go to the next level. You know, obviously, you know, they have Crosby, Malkin, Latang, the so on and so forth with Rodriguez playing well, Jeff Carter's playing well, Getzel's, you know, the, the names are there. But I think if they had another goaltender to battle Jari or just give him some time off, I think it would be beneficial for this team, especially if they move into the playoffs. Remember, this team isn't afraid of making moves, especially when it was under Jim Rutherford. I don't know what Brian Burke and Ron Hextall are going to do. Sometimes they, you know, the Penguins would always move before the draft. Let's see if they do it at the draft before. I mean, or at the deadline. They always used to move before the deadline under Rutherford. Now let's see if they do it now under Hextall and Burke. Who knows? I mean, I like what this team, like where they are. You know, nobody expected them to be where they are right now. Uh, but they went on a hot run, and they're continuing to play well. And I think that's the key for them going forward into the playoffs is hitting their stride 
uh, and continue to play at that high level that everybody expects them to be at because, you know, there's at least maybe one more run on this team. Yeah, I agree. Um, and talking of playing at high level, the Flames aside, what we've talked about um, fairly often about being one of the hottest teams in the league in uh, periods, uh, they've won six in a row and uh, continue to impress. Yeah, the Flames are playing really well, especially on home ice. Um, you know, they were road warriors for so long. Um, you know, they, you know they would struggle um, at home on home ice, but man, they're putting it really together right now under Daryl Sutter. And getting over that COVID break has really helped them. Uh, you know, they had that outbreak going through the team, and then when they came back, they were still a little sluggish. But they've they're hitting their stride right now. You know, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, and Andrew Mangiapane is finding goals now at home instead of scoring just on the road. So that helps them with their depth scoring. Up and down the lineup, the guys are playing really, really well. When you have a guy like Dan Vladard or Jacob Markstrom, especially Markstrom in between the pipes, this team is take to the next level. I mean, the Flames could have realistically made the playoffs last year if they didn't falter to Montreal towards the end, and it's a different story. I've talked about it here before. I mean, there is a lot of pressure on this Flames team to perform well this year and make the playoffs under Daryl Sutter. You know, they have a lot of uh, free agents this season, uh, one being Johnny Goudreau, a UFA, a restricted free agent, Matthew Kachuk. So there's a lot of stuff going in there. I know they're looking to add some depth scoring, secondary scoring as well at the deadline. Let's see if the salary cap allows them to bring somebody in. Maybe they go back after their former captain, Mark Giordano, as they can rotate him in on the defense and not rely on him too much. But the way this t- this Flames team is is uh, constructed right now, they're playing really well under Daryl Sutter. And I think this is the right guy for this team. And like I said, you need to be able to balance road wins and home wins, especially come the playoffs. And look, but prior to the All-Star break, the Flames were battling for a second wild card spot because they had slipped down in the standings. Other teams took advantage. Now they're the one team going on a hot streak, taking advantage of the team slipping in the standings. But this is where, at the beginning of the year, I expected them to be after they went on that hot run. Let's just stay here right behind Vegas. Maybe they'll even challenge Vegas for the top spot. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. Um, so on a different note, um, the newest team in the league being the Kraken. Um, how do you feel them now? We're um, past the All Star break. Um, we both pretty much um, was of the feeling it was a learning season. I know you uh, at times you've said you maybe expected a little bit. Um, more from them um do you feel as just um a learning curve for them and um next season we'll see try and see a bit of development of them yeah i hope so i mean look they made a lot of moves in the offseason and they're starting to play better now um they really are defensively goaltending is starting to come back getting some goals but that was the issue for them in the beginning was goal scoring they couldn't score the goals um, you know, defensively was good, but their goaltending was, you know, a problem because they, they signed Grubauer to the big contract. He couldn't do anything. And then Drieger gets hurt. So they're relying on backup goalies and third stringers. And it's not like Vegas because they really didn't draft as well as Vegas. They didn't take the risk. They just went with safe picks and they wanted to develop the team. And I think they'll, they probably will take it another step next year. I just don't see them. If the Pacific Division is going to be this competitive again, I just don't know where they're going to fall because 
they have a lot of catching up to do, especially with teams like Anaheim, LA, and San Jose playing so well. Not to mention Vancouver's playing better. Um, Calgary, you know, and then there's Edmonton as well. So, you know, you can see them, you could see where the crack and fall in that division right now. I think people expecting them to be a little bit more competitive than they were just because nobody knew this division was going to be as competitive as it was. Now it's a lot harder for them to be a competitive team just because of, you know, the flames are better. Uh, Vegas is always there, but like I said, LA, Anaheim, San Jose are in that mix. Don't forget Vancouver, Edmonton. So you could see that the Kraken are near the bottom of the barrel for a reason. And, like I said, they're getting better. They're starting to put some wins together. They're starting playing better as a team, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, and now we'll um, sort of do a, a roundup of some of the news around the league and trade rumors. One bit of news um, is a suspension for Senators forward Austin Watson for two games without pay. What's um, your feeling on this, Jim? Yeah, it was a tough hit the other night. Um, probably shouldn't have made the hit. Uh, that difficult position for the player. Um, the league did the right thing here, suspending him. You got to get that kind of stuff out of the game. I know it's hard to police all the time, but Watson definitely deserved his two games for, for that hit that he, he had. Um, very, you know, again, that's the kind of stuff they want to get rid of the game. And, and, you know, you have to suspend the players. Now I criticize the department of player safety sometimes because of, you know, deciding out what, what guys should get suspended, what guys shouldn't be suspended. But, you know, on a hit like that, it's, it's bang, bang. Yeah. I agree. Um, so now we've, um, got trade rumors one team we mentioned um early on the show in the flames they're apparently very willing to make moves at the trade deadline but um so much willing that other teams ain't on their schedule apparently according to the athletic other teams want to wait around closer to the trade deadline but the Flames want to be aggressive and make moves now. Um, what's your take on this, Jim? Yeah, I think that's the, the case of a lot of general managers around the league. That's the issue right now is everybody's playing uh, with salary cap numbers and seeing how they can make things work out because a lot of these teams are still play, playing catch-up with these COVID makeup games and not everybody's on a playing normal playing field. Nor really the trade deadline be coming up. You know, we would know what, who the buyers and sellers are. We only know a handful of teams that are sellers. But what about the rest of the league? You know, people have to get caught up on these games. I know the Flames want to make moves as well. But Brad Trilliving, uh, you know, also needs to watch his salary cap too because he's another team that's up against it. And you got to find out who's going to be willing to, you know, if there's money coming in, money has to be going out. And sometimes to make a trade, you're going to have to lose a good player. So, like I said earlier, I think the Flames, the way they're constructed right now, have a legit chance to make a deep run. Uh, maybe they could add a depth forward here and there, same on defense. But, again, I think a lot of this stuff's going to be done before the deadline. I mean, we're still six, seven weeks away, so it's still far out. I, you know, if they want to be a little bit aggressive trying to make a move a week before the deadline, I, I could see that happening because then we're in March and a lot of the COVID games are made up. 
but right now I think everybody's just standing pat and seeing what their what their team is and who they are and philosophy wise and what kind of numbers they could work out because like I said, some teams haven't been healthy. They want to see what they are fully, uh, the way they are with the salary cap and you know, just so many so much gymnastics and juggling going on that I think we're just gonna it could be a quiet deadline, but there might be the contenders might be going after some players that they feel can, you know, help their lineup win. Yeah, um, Ray, um, one move what has been made is for Canadians, um, acquired the goaltender Andrew Hammond. Uh, what's your take on this, Jim? I mean, they're just trying to plug a hole here. I mean, until Jake Allen gets back, because you know, let's face facts, Samuel Montebal and, and Caden Primo, mostly Primo, has been left out to dry, and, and he needs time to develop with Laval. And you know, they see him as the goalie of a future. But the problem is his confidence is not there, and I think they ne- need to let him go down. So that's why they bring in a guy like Hammond. You can roll with Montabal and, and Hammond till Allen gets back. And, and that's been their big issue is because they didn't have Gary Price this year, and they may not have him the rest of the year. Uh, who knows if they'll ever have him again because of what he's going through. Hopefully he plays again. But they just needed somebody with NHL experience so they could just rotate Montabal and Hammond until – Allen gets back because they they need Primo. If he's the future, they need him playing well in in the AHL to gain confidence because him getting let out to dry every time is is not a good thing for the Canadians. Yeah, Andre. Um, another um team what's looking to be active. The Canucks have interest in trying Devils forward uh, Pavel. Zaka, um, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry for that mispronunciation, but uh, what's your feelings on this? I'm sure you've got some as a Devils fan. Well, it's interesting because, you know, the way it was put together on 32 Thoughts the other night on Hockey Night Canada was the fact that, you know, you know the Canucks are looking at a center, but Zaka hasn't played at center all year. And what interesting is to me is teams around the league think this guy could still be a center when his, he's more effective on the wing as he's clearly shown with New Jersey um, and put in the right situation playing with the right guys. Now, personally, if the Devils were going to trade him, they probably should have traded him in the offseason when his value was super high. After the, you know, he had a good run at the beginning of the year, but he's tailed off some. If he could start putting his trade stock value together, you know, maybe the Devils can work something out. I mean, I know the Devils have interest in guy, uh, Vancouver and a guy like Connor Garland. Now, I don't think it's going to be a one-for-one one trade, but the Devils are looking to upgrade their scoring as well, so Garland can help with that. You know, maybe they look at Brock Vesser as well. But you know if, if the Devils are training with the Canucks, it appears Zaka is going to be a part of the package that goes back to Vancouver along with probably some draft picks and a, and a player that could be, you know, playing now as well. So, you know, it's an interesting trade partners, but I think there's more to meet CI with this trade. Like I said, I think Zaka as a center, if they can put him in the right position, could still work. But I've seen watching him since he's come in, he just has not been able to adjust to being a center. And the Devils have depth down the middle now with Keisha Hughes and, and Mercer and McLeod on the fourth line. And Zaka's played really well on the wing. So I think teams might find out that he's a better winger than he is a center, especially the Canucks. Yeah, um, Audrey. Um, so before we close the show out, um, the Olympics is 
going on? What's um, your thoughts on going to be honest? I ain't seeing a whole lot of it, but um, that's why I have a hockey expert in Jim to give his thoughts. Look, uh, it's been good. The games I've seen, I know uh, the USA women are back in the semifinals. They're taking on Finland. I know Canada plays Switzerland in, in that in that semifinal as well. USA men's team is doing better than expected. They won group, won the group A, uh, going three and zero. They defeated Canada the other day four two. But the, the U.S. men are constructed up of a lot of college guys that have played at the World Junior level internationally, uh, guys that will be NHL draft picks as well. They have some veterans that have played in the NHL that are playing overseas right now. So it's a nice group, and they're showing that they can play. And that's the best thing. You didn't want to see what you saw in, in Pyeongchang. This team is hungry. They're playing good hockey, structured hockey under David Quinn. They have good goaltending from Comesso. You know, the World Junior guys are really stepping up. It's a shame Jake Sanderson got hurt in the Canada game. But Matty Beniers is playing well. Matt Kynes is playing well. Sean Farrell had an opening game hat trick. So the guys that you expected, Bobby Brisson, who won a medal with Team USA at the World Junior, the guys that you expect that are playing well are playing well. They have a nice mix there. They're going to have a couple days off before the quarterfinals start. But this realistically, this team can medal. You know, the uh, Scandinavian rivals always play well against each other. Finland and Sweden had a nice game today. I, the Finns came back after being down 3-1 to win in overtime 4-3. Canada looks really good as well. Uh, uh, for me, on the women's side, I think the Canadians are, are the team to beat until proven otherwise. I just think they're playing that fast, aggressive NHL-style game that, that giving teams problem. Um, You know, I didn't – you know, they beat Team USA in the round robin, and then USA struggled to get to find their mojo against the Czech Republic. So, you know, I think Canada is own, uh, has – you know, are in their heads right now, and the, and the styles are not meshing well right now. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, qualification round coming up for men's quarters – it's, it's fun hockey to watch. I mean, it's, you know, the way it should be, to be honest, not having the pros here. I know everybody wants best on best. But this is a really entertaining tournament, and, and I think you could see Canada, United States, and Russia be battling for gold down the road. Yeah, um, I agree. And it's something we'll continue um, to profile. We'll um, talk about, uh, give everyone an update next week. Um, before I close the show out, I just want to say Jim will be Guesting um, slash filling in for Keith Engel uh, on Friday on my New York sports show um, where um, we'll update you on the crazy world of New York sports of which I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about as normal and um, when we'll do our sort of normal Friday shows a little fluid but I will update everyone um, when that's um, can uh, be released and um, I'm glad to have Jim fill in, had fun last time and looking forward to it Jim Yeah it was fun last time on New York Sports Show, always fun talking New York Sports, it's, uh, it's an interesting time right now uh, in the New York area uh, you could say, uh, always fun talking sports on the round table and, it, and hockey as well here on Let's Talk Pucks yeah, thanks for that, Jim. Thank you to everyone for joining us. We'll be back next Monday at the normal time. Um, and all that remains is for me to say, 
um thanks for tuning in and until next time let's talk sport fans <laughs>